Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Wonderful. Please take your seats. So good to be in the presence of God together. Thanks, guys, for ministering to the Lord with us. And um, we're going to dive into the heart of the house. You know, to, to, to some degree, I'm just overwhelmed with God's presence because, you know, one of the things... One of the assignments that I knew I had was to bring us into this building that we were going to own. And I knew that, I said to the guys years ago, how many times I said to the, you know, everyone, all of us as the leaders, I feel I've, I've got to take us in, fight the Goliaths to, to, to buy our own building and so that it's paid off. And then I know that's a part of my assignment. I, so I feel like I'm doing, I'm in the middle of what God wants me to do. So, you know, you know when you're in, in the glove with the Lord and in, in, in the yeah, the Lord, the Lord wore Gideon like a glove. So I feel like I'm in that sweet place because I know I'm called to do this. And so I know we're called to do this. I'm 100% sure that we're called to do this. It's not something that, that I'm just talking about me as, as the leader, but us as a church, we're called to do this. So we are going to speak about heart for the house, and we're going to be talking about um, giving towards paying this building off. And God's going to use normal, normal, ordinary people like you and I to pay it off. God's going to do that because we're, we're doing it, we're in partnership with God. And so I, I don't want anyone whatsoever to feel any pressure in the natural except when the Holy Spirit speaks to your spirit. We're going to talk about a lot of things, but um, I've heard a lot of people say um, not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. And when, as I've been praying for this for the last few weeks, I thought even that's not a proper statement. Like everyone, I've heard a lot of people say that. Not equal giving. In other words, you know, we're all going to give different amounts, 100%. Like, and and a, the woman with the two, ish, the two little mites, you know, it was small in the amount, but in God's eyes, she gave the most out of the ones that were really wealthy and they gave out of their abundance. So the Lord's trying to say, to her it was a massive sacrifice, right? It, it's not how, how much you give, but it's the, the sacrifice you give. But therefore we can't give with equal sacrifice. Because we're all at different places with God. We're all different individuals walking in our different faith and different levels of faith, different levels of maturity, different levels of trusting God. And so our sacrifice will mean differently to all of us. It'll be different. But the thing is, it will be a sacrifice. But the reality is, it's only a sacrifice when you look at it in the natural. Because it's more blessed to give than to receive. So it's actually, it's, it's our opportunity to know that. Because I've seen it. I've seen it in our lives. I've seen it in so many people's lives. You can't outgive God. Um, where's Liz? Liz, Liz. Maybe Liz, if you can come forward. Where you are? Where are you? Liz, just you know, was sharing. I was sharing to the leaders just last leaders meeting about heart for the house is coming up. We're going to give, and and so Liz just came up and said, told me her little testimony, her her conversation she had with the Lord, and I thought you let, you need to let people know this because this is the very thing that we need to hear because this is what we all face. Thanks. And even though it's my conversation, I might just have to write it down so I remember it. <laughs> um, so here we are, heart for the house again. Perhaps I'm the only one that thinks like that. But I kind of went, really? Already? Already again? We've just given so much to get into this building and get it renovated. But I'll take that, okay? So it is only me that's that uncharitable. <laughs> Thanks for all your resounding, yeah, me too. Okay, good, good, thanks. Make me feel normal. Anyway, 
So last year, uh, God impressed upon my heart to give probably more than I have to this house before. Good old me, hey? You know, I felt really happy with myself. But that was after I found it really hard, to be honest, because in March last year, uh, my contract ended. My contract that had been a six-month contract from 2016 and just kept getting renewed until last year, 2021. And so I had assumed my contract at the end of March would get renewed, and it didn't. And I knew that Heart for the House was coming up. And I'm like, God, how do you want me to give to Heart for the House when I haven't got a job, I haven't got an income? What, how, where's my seed? You know, and, and he showed me where my seed was, which wasn't from my job. You know, he, he's really good. He kind of said, you do have some money. You have it somewhere else. And so my seed happened to be in some money that I had in the UK. So then, as I was thinking about giving for this year in my very charitable way, um, God reminded me of Malachi, you know, Malachi 3, where it says, uh, bring all the tithes uh, into the storehouse, says the Lord, and I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Well, I like doing that. <laughs> I'm a very literal person, so I did. Because I, I actually got a job last August. After Heart for the House, I got a job. Like, timing. But anyway, I actually checked how much I was getting paid. I was getting paid 30, not one three, 30% more than the job I left. 30%. You know, we're in the middle of no wage increases and now inflation's going up. I got a 30% increase. And the, the money that I gave was out of some money in the UK and I have a house there and I rent it out. At the moment, after, you know, spending even more, uh, I was, I'm now receiving 14, that is a one, 14% more rent on that property than I did last year. So test me in this. Test me and add it up. Don't just think... I gave, so I have less. I wanted to find out how much less I had last year, this year than I did last year because I gave. So I tested it. And if I look at that wage increase and the rent increase, I've got back more, much more than I ever gave. So I'm actually excited about giving because I want to see how much more God can bless me, right? Because if I gave more than I ever did last year and I've got more than that back, what happens if I give even more this year? So I'd challenge you to do the same. Test me in this. Actually add up the numbers. Find out what you've got. And it might be because you benefited from the government windfall of all those payments that were coming out last year. Or it might be that you got a new job during lockdown. Or it might be something different. You know, maybe you got a different non-financial payment. But test it, measure it, and give it a go. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks so much, Liz. If you've got a story like that, and we all do, there's so many, and, and, and there's a few others I might put, ask you to come out later, but, um, but please come to us, because God's doing these sort of things. I've, I, know, I know personally of many other stories, and we need to hear it, because there is, you know, the first reaction is fear, but fear comes from unbelief, and not rooted in your faith, in, in your relationship with God, and, and, and yeah, it's like when you realize, well, God, you're going to bless me, then there's no fear in that, because you actually trust God. Um, I want, to, I want to show us a, a little bit of our past because I was thinking, look, we've, had, we've got a past. And some people that have joined us maybe in the last season, 
Um, you don't, you're not aware of our past. And you know, our past is in 1990, I was 22 years old. We started in my mum's lounge room. That's 30-something years ago, almost 32 years ago. And we've been setting up, setting down, most Sundays setting up, setting down. And sometimes we had leases. So, so it was fully set up, but it was a rented building. So that's for 31 years of the history of our church. This is our first building that we get to purchase, to buy and own, and it becomes ours. So, so just so that there's history in our thinking. Of, and, and then I want to talk about, yeah, a little bit about our present, because you're in our present, but about our future. Because our future is way greater than our past, and you're involved with that. You're part of that journey of being in the story of the past, pre- present, and future. So we, you know, back in the early days, I think three years into the life of the church, we thought we should take some footage of our church so we can have the stages of the growth. And we didn't do a really good job at at the beginning we did, but then eventually there were some you know, times where we stopped. And, but we've got a little bit of a video to, to try to show you. I'll try to explain to you quickly. But, you know, you've got to remember the kingdom of God is like a seed. Jesus said it's like a seed. You hear you plants it and waters it. It grows into a big, giant mustard tree. But it's a slow process, the kingdom of God growing like that as a seed. And I'll never forget when we're at Belmore community is Belmore Street but Burwood Community Centre the building it's a long story but it was $6.50 we, we got to hire it for because it was a charity and so $6.50 is pretty good and but every Sunday I had to check with them can we use it it had to be open to the whole community so I, I, I'll never forget that the bigness of the kingdom of God inside of me was so big when I, and I'd have to go there and, and ask them can we use this building again for Sunday and they might say no because someone else took it and I'd walk past the Burwood Squash Centre Squash Playing squash, a massive building, if you know the build run. And I remember I used to think, God, they've got squash, squash, and they've got a massive building. We're building the kingdom of God. And I have to go ask. And it was just this bigness in me. But you've got you to gotta live with the, the, the frustration of the vision inside of you and the reality that you're facing. Until you be consistent, be faithful, keep, keep going, keep going. And eventually that seed that wasn't, as the kingdom of God grows like a seed, it will grow a big tree. So, so we, we've went through a lot of different buildings, but we'll just show you quickly. It started in my, I don't know how far we're going back. Yeah, my mum's lounge room. This guy is actually got saved from the streets in King's Cross. We used to go there every Friday night and preach the gospel on the streets. He literally was the first person that got saved. Um, there's my mum on the left there. And um, that's, we used to have church in, that's, that's, we actually having church. We recorded that. We went back and recorded it. In real time, this too, this is Bell Girls High School. That is um, the community center I was talking about. Um, that is Concord Oval. That's now been destroyed. That's Funch. That's Coronation Club, RSL Club in, in Five Dock. RSL Club in Five Dock has Brendan, Mango, Heidi. Um, still Five Dock RSL Club. Sees a haircut. That's Mortlake. Is that? No, it's Five Dog. That's Mortlake. Ah, oh, it looks good. Mortlake, we were there for 10 years in a warehouse. As Leon. That is ACA in the Italian Forum. Some of you joined us there. And uh, that's still ACA. Let's just see the different buildings that we've come from. That is still ACA, David Hagar. He's, he's a man that gave us a prophecy. I'm going to tell you in a second. Um, 
He's a prophet from Melbourne. It's La Via. A small space. Now we're going to Five Dock. We leased that for two and a half years. All right. And now we're here. Woohoo! So, I mean, what, what I do want to really explain the Bible says, hope, this is in Romans, hope that is seen is not hope at all. For who hopes for what he already has? Hope that is seen, if you already got this, what you see, the hope that you see is already hope. Remember, faith is already, you know, it's not hope because who hopes for what he already sees? Faith without hope, you know, we need hope for faith to be alive. Faith is the substance of things hopeful. So what am I saying? We've got this building. It's easy for us to think well, we're in the building. But we need to be, not be deluded, not be deceived, not be numb to sleep, thinking, well, we've got it. We're in the promised land. Leah, we've got it. Why do we have to sacrifice and give to it? Because we haven't secured it. We haven't secured it. We don't have it until we secure it. And so it's easy to, you know, it's easy to ask people to give when we're, if we're on the streets. We're not on the streets. We're in the, we're in the space we're going to inherit. This is just the way God made it happen. But we're in five dock and we lost that building. So we're, I'll just tell you the story because I want us not to fall asleep and think, but we've got it. Why are you asking us to give? Because, well, I'll tell you the deal and how it happened. But um, So that way we know that we haven't secured it until next year in October where we've got to raise a third of the deposit of the building and God's going to do it amazingly. And so when we were in Five Dog last, it was actually the year before last, through COVID, I'll never forget it, we were fighting for the Five Dog building, trying to stay in it, trying to pay what we needed to pay for lease. We were paying 120000 which is pretty cheap for something in Sydney. And they wanted double that. They wanted to go to 250000 or something. And so we tried and tried and we lost it to Anytime Fitness because they had an $800,000 relocation grant from the government because the train station was going through Anytime Fitness. So they had lots of money to relocate and, and pay the lease. And so we thought, no, we can't pay that sort of money for this space. We've got to let it go. And a month later, so we were forced out in a sense. We weren't willing to pay that. Um, a month later, we found this place. I had seen it about a year ago or two years ago even. And I saw it. I knew of this place. And then it was on the market right when we need it. And that in itself, because it wasn't, no one, the owner didn't want to sell it for 28 years. They were here for 28 years. The moment we were getting pushed out, it went on the market that month. And so when we saw it, we thought, wow, this is it. We sort of felt, man, this is it. This, this could really work and everything. That, so that's August. And we did our best. Cut a long story short. I, I want to take you on the journey. But we did our best for us to f- get this building for $7 million. We tried $7, $8 million. $8 million didn't, not even a bite. It wouldn't, it wouldn't budge. We tried for $10 million. We tried, let's do a, a two-year deal or a four-year deal for $10 million. He, he didn't, he wanted, $10 million would have bought it with cash. If you, had the, if you had the cash. So we had to do a $11 million in two years' time. So 24-month lease, which is six-month lease is already, six months of it's gone because we've renovated. I mean, that's, that's, all this is a miracle in itself. But, but um, six, so one and a half years left. We've got this year and next year. But we had to, we had about, we had about $650,000 in our bank account. And that was from many years of saving. There was another building we thought we were going to get. We raised money. It didn't come through. So all that money is in the bank account, 650000 And we needed 550000 in three months. I'll never forget it because, I mean, in May last year, 
In May, we went to Melbourne with all the NCMI guys, the team guys, and I'll never forget it. We were going to enter into half of the house and we needed $550,000 to close the deal, to even give him $1.1 million. But they, and then he asked for $1.2 million, right, for the deposit. And so we, um, we needed $550,000 in three months. And I remember sharing it to the other guys. How, again, I don't know how God's going to do it. I just got faith that he can do it. God, even now, I don't know how God's going to do it, but I have to have faith in the person of God, the character of God, the nature of God, which I've seen him come through so many times. So I don't have to work out how he's going to do it. I just got to know he can do it. And I've got to know it's his will. And so we raised $550,000 in three months. You know, we're not a lot, you know, we're a lot smaller even in a, a year ago we were smaller. But... When we, the, the first week we preached on half of the house and to get this building, the first week, first time visit, this has never happened in all the history of the church. First time we preached on it, a first time visitor came and tithed $74,000 in our bank account the next week. That's a miracle in itself. That has never happened for 30 years. And the moment you put your faith out to trust God, you sort of stuff, you know, that's a seed, that's a seed faith. That's a seed form. God, if you can do that in that small way, you can continue this and make it happen. It gives you faith. It blows wind in your sail. But when we, when we, when we lost, I go back to when we lost a building at Five Dock, and when I said in August, we lost it in around July. In August, we saw it. A month later, we saw it. I get a text from David Hagar, literally, the day, or the, I think the second day after, and this is how the text reads. I wrote it down here. He goes, this is David Hagar. I haven't spoken to him all that year. Right? He had preached in our church about a year and a half ago or two years, and he SMSs me and says, Hi, Leo, how are you? Haven't spoken to him at all. I was recalling a vision I had for GGC storehouse of storehouses of heaven released in a massive way, which I described in my preach at your church a couple of years ago. Also, I spoke on double doors of provision that day. And he says, I woke up in the night. This is it now. He's saying, I woke up in the night that, uh, and saw a vision again. That vision again. Miracle doors of opportunity. Upgrade. Opportunities now, even in these times, which was COVID. It, we were literally, I think we we're in lockdown and we we're facing COVID and all that sort of stuff. And he, and he said, double doors. This whole building has double doors. The front door is double doors this is double door there's so many places where there's double doors right and he goes double doors of opportunity and double doors yes opportunities now even in these times I feel occupying and possessing physical land is a big deal so I mean he's going specific about getting landing and getting the building yes I remember uh, I remember speaking of connecting with a billion flow of resources now that word is still growing in me because I think a billion dollar resources. And God says, don't take the profit lightly. Because I think, oh, I can believe for millions. But are you talking billions? Well, that, you know, give me time to grow into it. Right? But I'm growing into it. God's saying, think in, in billions even. It might not be me. I'm talking about us. Anyways, billion dollar flow. And that was a great encouragement. I said to Dave, Dave, do you know anything about this building? We just saw it. I sent him the the link to this building straight away because we just, we just started talking to the owner about this. And he goes, no, no, nothing. I only told one person. I said, have you spoken to Matthew? He goes, no, not at all. So he knew nothing about it and, and he rings me. That's God's way to encourage us. On top of that, Matt Sorga is a prophet from New York 
and it, it, it ministers all over America with all the prophet councils and the prophet tables and the, the people that get around the prophetic table and talk about what God's doing. And Matt Sorga was here many years ago. He prophesied into our future and he prophesied, is what he said, I see your church on a highway for all to see and many people coming. And on the highway, we just took that and put it on the shelf and think about it. We thought it was like symbolic on the highway. That's great. On the highway, easy access, everyone can get to it. But we are on a highway, the Western Highway. This is called the Western Highway, Palmetto Road, one of the busiest streets in Sydney. And so that, that word came, okay, that's a, that's a good encouragement. That's, it. that's, that's from the Lord um, and so on. We, we had a Cliff Cherry who's on the NCMI team who's also very prophetic. He prophesied about 26, 27 years in the life of our church. He, he was ministering in La Via and he kept saying, I don't know what it is, but 30. Every time, something about 30. When you guys hit the 30-year the mark of being a church, something significant is going to happen. He didn't know what it was. He says, I don't know what it is. It's something powerful. I don't know where God's just going to break out, but something significant is going to happen. And that's when we saw this building in our time where we hit 30. We found this place. But again, it's not about the building. It's about moving into maturity and coming into a promised land. There is something about getting physical land. And the enemy hates the fact that we're getting physical land. That's fine. We don't have to deal with the enemy. We deal with God. And we have a relationship with God. He's our protector, our shield in every way. So that's pretty amazing to be able to raise that sort of money in a short period of time. We got three months, 550,000. Actually, by the end of that three months, after we signed, we signed when we were in complete lockdown. You know, lock, you know July, July, we lost the building. That, no, so the last Sunday of June, we, we lost the building and they closed everything up. We couldn't have church the next Sunday. No one could have church. Everyone went into lockdown. It sort of worked for us because we had nowhere to have church, right? And, and so we put all our stuff in storage, all our stuff in storage, End of that month. I mean, oh yeah, going back, Michael, bless his heart, the owner of this building, we tried, we tried for that amount and he got cold and he said no anymore to all the offers. He didn't say no. He said no to them. And then he started going to the council and started thinking, I might turn this place into a hotel. He was looking at a DA to change this into a hotel. And he got cold to selling the building. In other words, he didn't want to sell it anymore. And for about December, I think it was, January, around February, the dates aren't clear, but he has elder because he, was, he wasn't wanting to sell it anymore. But we felt this is our building, our property. In, in October, November, I went on a fast. One of the reasons, not the only reason, one of the reasons I went on a fast is to be sure this is the right building. I want to clear the channels, make sure, Lord, I want to be able to hear from you, Father. And if this is not, you tell me, you know. And, and I felt way greater peace in that time to get it. It's like I, I just I knew that I knew that I knew this is where God wants us to be. Anyway, but he, got, he, he, he didn't want to sell it anymore. So we went as the elders. We all got, let's just walk around this place. We walked around the whole block. It was pouring down rain. And we thought, oh, it's fine. We, in the rain, we were walking, praying in tongues, taking authority and claiming this building. We walked around just once, prayed, you know, exercised our faith, released our faith, come in agreement. The next day, he changes. The next day. He says, I want, he wants to sell it now. You forget all these little miracles that God's done. I can't even tell you some of the other miracles because I'm in honoring of someone else. I don't want to you know, expose that because it's online. But God moved big time. Anyways, so there's prophetic words. I get a, a guy that used to come to our church 30 years ago. 30 years ago. His name's Terry Keegan. You can ask him. He's an electrician. And he, he used to, there was Coles here, I think it was. It's, 
In Coleshill Woolworths, he was winding it up. His first job almost from school, young guy. And he comes around in not, a, 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 a long time ago. And he comes around, he sees this building. He, the Holy Spirit speaks to him and says, There's going to be a, this church is going to become a church. This building is going to become a church. It's going to be used for church. That's what he heard. He went into it. He came up, had a look. And he just thought the Holy Spirit spoke to him. I said, what, what year was that? And it was actually around 68, 69. I was born in 68. I said, you know, I was born around 68. And, and I just thought, wow, it's around a similar time. But God's speaking 50 years before, knowing this building will become his tool or his building. Just little things. And that guy has given, given all the time. He doesn't come to our church, but he just sows to the building. Every now and then he gives me a card for the church and puts, it, puts money into the building fund. Just bless his heart because he believes God spoke to him and, and he believes this is, this is where God wants us to be. Just testimony after testimony after testimony. So as, we, as he negotiated, he said, yes, um, we, that was the year, that following year, we had to raise 550000 in in three months. And, and, in, and in COVID, when we were all locked down, I drove around Belmain, the solicitor's office, signed $11 million. We bought it for $11 million and we gave $1.2 million. We emptied our accounts. It takes faith to empty your accounts. Carl remembers. But you know, it's just the timing of God. That day, someone typed $10,000. The next day, $10,000. The next day, $10,000. And until it reached around 100000 in, within a week. You think just God's on it. And please, and I'm just being vulnerable with you. It takes faith. But if, you, if you're struggling with these numbers, we're doing this for the kingdom. This is the gospel of the kingdom. I'm going to get to what we're going to do with this building. But we're, we're doing it. See, like, oh, oh, I'm excited. But I'll tell you what we're doing in a moment. Um, we started, so you know, that's, we signed it, we got, the t- we got the keys in late July, and um, August, I don't think, I think August we brought our stuff across, that took a lot, it was a lot, this place was a mess if you remember it, and, and, um, but I think we started around September, the renovations, but the renovations itself is a miracle, you don't realise what you have to do to renovate something this size, and the way it looked compared to what it is now, I mean, Everything's been rebuilt. This is fully rebuilt. The walls have been rebuilt, painted, roofs painted, downstairs, everything. It's not fully finished, but we're going to have to put a halt to some, most, or the end part of the work, because most of it's finished. We're going to put a halt to it so we can raise a million dollars. But that's a miracle. Because we, you, you think, some of you might think, why did you put so much money in the renovations? Because we're using this building for functions and weddings and bands and gigs and parties, and it's engaging into, in raising money for the building. So we might take a year and a half to build the business up, and you know, we, we're already registered on wedding sites and all that. It might take a while to build a business, but we can get Friday and Saturday night weddings here every single Friday and Saturday night which could earn us, depending on how well we run the business, two to 5000 every single night. It could earn us close to $10,000 a weekend, which is $500,000 a year. But what for? To pay the building off. So engaging the building, plus we connect with the community. It's a great way, great way to connect with the community and build a bridge where the community realizes it's not just a church building, it actually, it's, it's, the building is um, available for the community. It's available for the city, which I love. We can bless them when they're here. When the, when the party's here, we can with all we can they can feel the glory and presence of God. They can be touched. They can be impacted. 
and on top of all that, um, I think the year we the year before we signed, we worked to get DGR status, and we got DGR status for the school running here. DGR status means any donation is completely tax deductible. We wanted that for a long time, and we finally went for it, and it took only two months, and we got it because we had all the schools in place, the, Sunday, the children's ministries in place, the youth ministries, all part of that school thing. So whatever you give can be fully tax deductible towards the building. That's amazing. So when God spoke to me last week, he said to me, um, Leo, do warfare, do warfare with your giving. Do warfare with your money. Actually, use the word money. But do warfare with your money. How do you use money for warfare? And some of the two last preachers from Daniel Hagen two weeks ago to Grant Crawford all preached about really um, the, the treasure. Where your treasure is, your, your heart is also. So, so your money could be, tre- could be your treasure. That's why it's hard for some people to give because they don't realize their money they could be trusting in rather than trusting in God. But when you trust in God, it's, it's an issue of the faith and the heart. Say, Lord, I'm giving this for your purpose, for your kingdom. It's really important that we give out of obedience to the Holy Spirit. It's really important that we give out of faith to God and not out of pressure. Not, because, not even because everyone else is giving. But yes, you see the need of what God's going to do and the fulfillment of His kingdom. I mean, we already had In Him conference and that was a big blessing to our city, but we're going to do that continually. And do something, be apostolic in nature. I really wanted to get into the word, but, which I will in the next few weeks. But Haggai is a perfect example. If you study Haggai, I just read it recently. I mean, he just says that, he says, I need to read it to you because it's just too good to try to quote it. Haggai, the prophet speaks and he says, when the prophet says, this is in chapter 1 verse 3, then the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet saying, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while the house lies desolate or parched or ruined or wasted or dry? Yes, now therefore says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much but harvested little. You have You eat but there is not enough. To be satisfied, you drink, but there's not enough to be drunk. You, you, you put on clothing, but never warm enough. And he who earns wages puts it into a purse with holes. I mean, who wants to do that? Who wants to earn wages and put it in a, in, in a purse or in your pocket where there's holes in it? Our answer to that is earn more wages. Our answer to that is work harder. The answer isn't get more money to put into the purse that's got holes in it. The answer is sew up the holes. Find out what's wrong with our ways that's causing the holes to be there. Patch the holes up. And the holes symbolize, I'll tell you, why, why, is, it go, why is it just going out and just, you're in a never-ending um, circle or what do you call it, a treadmill, just over and over and over. Just yes, go up to the mountains, bring wood, rebuild the temple that I may be pleased with it and be glorified. God is pleased when you pay the price to go up the mountain means you've got to climb the mountain. Then you've got to work to pull down the wood and get the trees cut up and get the wood to build the temple. It takes work, sacrifice, sweat, tears, hard work and all that. Do that. Build my house before your own house. God's saying, you've all got panelled houses. We'll prioritise our comfort, our living, our, pay off our homes. It's really good. How about the kingdom of God? Again, we're in the new covenant. I know it's, the, the difference in the new covenant is we're in a the kingdom covenant, but it doesn't mean we don't need a building as a tool. 
I always, I always say the word, this building is a building. It's not a church. I always refer to the building where we have church, but we're the church. This is just a building, but it's a tool that you need. You try having revival when you don't have a physical building to meet in every day and equip the saints, stir up the saints. Let revival hit this city. God's given us something. He's trusting us so that we can have revival and stir up a fire that's in Sydney. It's going to be bigger than just us. Um, and what does he say here? When you do put his house first, yes, you, look, you look for much, but behold, it comes to little. When you bring it home, I blow it away. Imagine God blowing it away. So you heard a testimony from Liz that God didn't blow it away. God blessed it. He says, why, declares the Lord of hosts, because of my house which lies desolate, while each of you runs to his own house. Therefore, because of you, the sky has withheld its dew, the earth has withheld its produce. I call for a drought on the land. God himself is calling a drought. And on the mountains and the ground, on the grain, on the new wine, on the oil, on what the ground produces. Then Serubabel, the son of Sheetal, the words of Haggai, the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him, and the people showed reverence by, uh, for the Lord. Then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke by the commission of the Lord to the people saying, I am with you, declares the Lord. I mean, how beautiful to have the Lord with you. That they all obeyed. They all obeyed the prophet. First of all, you have to believe that the prophet is here speaking on God's behalf. And so you've got to, you've actually got to believe what I'm saying to you is God's word for you. Or else you won't even hear it. And, and oh, I believe God is asking us that we all do something. We'll all say, God, what do you want us to do? What can I do? Be creative. Yeah, but Lee, I don't have nothing. I ask you to ask God for the seed. So it's having the heart that's open. You might even have absolutely nothing. Don't even have a job. Like Liz had, didn't even have a job at that point. You just say, God, I want to give. So give me a seed. Or I want to give. Lord, give me a seed of $5,000. You know, I can never believe for Father. If you believe for $5,000 to give, God will bring the seed to you. That's how good God is. He's amazing. But you've got to have the heart to give. You give for the purposes of God, for the work of, the, for the work of God, the work of ministry. It's, it's seeing the kingdom. You want the kingdom to advance. What did Jesus say? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And the Gentiles don't seek after that. So they're always looking around, what food, what, what are we going to do? How are we going to get ahead? Are we going to pay off this? How are we going to pay off the homes? We've got to get mortgage, we've got to this. And they all work on their own strength. And God says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. God can do it. But we give out of obedience with a heart of openness. There is a scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, I think it is. It says that God provides seed to the sower. So you've got to be a sower for God to provide seed to you. You make a decision to be the sower, the, the finances will come. Say, so Lord, I choose to sow and the, it'll come. But we, we, fear stops us from giving. And I'll, I'll, we'll speak into this in a few weeks' time. Um, it takes faith to give the prophet. Elijah says, I know you said that's your last meal, you're going to eat it, the widow's last meal. She says, I've got a little bit of flour. We'll go into this next week. She says, I've got a little flour. We're going to make bread. Me and my son, we're going to eat it. We're going to die. And Elijah says, give it to me first. Then you, it won't run out. The multiplication happens once you give to God first. It takes faith to give it to him first. 
And, she, and he actually says, don't fear. Give it to me first. And I thought, Lord, that's really, at the moment, my responsibility is to, to speak what Elijah, Elijah, Elijah drew it out of him, her. If, she, if he didn't ask, she didn't offer. You know, she didn't say, like she, he said, can you give me something to drink? She, she, she was going to get that. She said, and also, by the way, make me some bread. She could have said, okay, I'll give you my last meal. She didn't do that. She says, no, but this is my last meal. We're going to eat it and then we're going to die. Then he says, give it to me first. She, he had to call it out of her. And I'm calling it out of us. Call it out of me first, my wife first. We lead by example. The elders first. We lead by example. We cannot ask you to do something we're not willing to do. And so we live by example, but we call it out of us. Do not fear. That's what Elijah said to her. Make it for me and then you'll have enough until the drought ends. It lasted a year, maybe two years. It lasted as long as it needed to until the drought finished. But she had to let it go first. That's a big thing to do, to let go of your last meal. And as she let it go, the supernatural multiplication took place and it kept growing. It's all in the Bible. Every, the other widow did the same. She had to pour out of her oil into the vessel. She had to pour out before it multiplied. She had to let it go, pour it out, then it multiplied. And both cases, their sons died. Did you know that? Both widows' sons died. Both widows were resurrected by the prophet. And I thought, your generosity lays a foundation for the next generation to be resurrected. It really does. So we're not giving for us. We're actually giving for the next generation. So, but, but, and I have the heart say, Leo, well, you know, you might think, oh, I've just joined this church and, you know, really I'm not that connected. It's fine. But you know what? You're giving to the next generation of sons and daughters that will preach this gospel even when you're gone. So moving forward, let me finish with this. Moving forward, it, we're doing it for the next generation. We're doing warfare because I can dream. I've got a thought life and I've got, th- and I got thoughts. The Bible says my thoughts are not God's thoughts and His ways are way higher. I know that, but I can think. And the Bible says He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ever ask, think or imagine. So what I can think and dream, He can do better. But I can see when this place is played off completely, we've got four shops here that's going to help us pay the mortgage. Four shops that are part of the building. We have the dance floor that's part of the building downstairs, in case you didn't know. There's a whole floor underneath this building, and that'll help pay off the building. And um, we have a kitchen at the moment currently. We've got two caterers there. That's going to help us pay off the building. Imagine when the building's paid off. We're paying currently $230,000 for this lease. We'll have in the vicinity of $500,000 to preach the gospel, to shake the nations, to disciple the nations, to plant sites in our city, because imagine doing it strong. Imagine having the finances to plant a site and plant a church, bang, instantly, a few hundred people. Go to the west, go to the south, go to the north. Go to, and then imagine going to the states, uh, other states in, in Australia. Imagine going to Asia. Imagine planting church. Imagine going to the Philippines or India and put on a massive crusade and discipling the churches, discipling the, the pastors, but then put on a crusade because we've got the finances to put it on. That's why the enemy hates it. That's why he doesn't want us to fully, fully pay it off. And, I, and, and, and on the one hand, I said, I know God can just write a check like that. And we're doing all that we can. Please hear my heart. We're, we're even doing grants, government grants. 
raising a team to ask for grace. There's so much. One pastor friend of mine just, just yesterday said he's received $400,000 just from grants alone. So this is very doable because they, they help you with your wages. They help you with this. They can buy a bus, a 22-seater bus. Government grants, that's just one thing. So we'll do everything we can in the natural, but we're also trusting the supernatural. And I said, Lord, you, someone could write $10 million check t- today or tomorrow. They could. But the reality is, I mean, Liz was saying to me just today, is, Leo, if someone did write a $10 million check, I, I, I don't want them to because then I, want, I, I lose my opportunity to give. And it's true. It'll be like a spoiled rich people that spoil their rich children. You take it for granted. There's something about giving and sacrificing and paying a price. And you say, I was a part of that. We own that. We, we made that happen. We sacrificed for the kingdom so the next generation can rise on our shoulders. I never forget Leon when he was born. Parramatta Road, Sam's auto electrician. There's one office space, so small. I don't think it made, it didn't make that cut. It was so small. It didn't look like a, a church because it was Sam's auto electrician. And on top of that was our church, but it's just tiny, tiny space. And uh, I'm trying to remember what I said that for. Um, oh yeah, Leon was born and we put him in a bassinet in the front of the speaker. And that's what he came into. He was born into that, that vision, that level of vision, or whatever. That, that's the next generation coming into a thousand. It was, it was a thousand feet. It was like really, really tiny, um, small, and didn't, we had no place for children. The landing of the stairs was where we did the children. It was tiny as, couldn't even do anything much with the children. People couldn't find us. People say, we looked everywhere for the church. We couldn't find it because they're looking for a church building. It's not a church building. We didn't, didn't know where to find you. So many, we were there for two years. We'd never do that in a million years, but we did it. We went in a Concord Function Center that had, that had a great function center, but had no rooms for children. So guess where we used the children's, where we put the children? In the dressing rooms of the rugby union players. We would never, you know how stinky that is? You know, no matter how much you clean it up, it's still not nice. Then how many families wouldn't join you because, well, they put their kids in the dressing room? I don't know. But, but, but Leon's child, Leon's son, has come into this level of inheritance, this level of impact into the kingdom. Because once this is paid off, we've got a dream with me, when it's paid off, what we could do for the gospel of the kingdom in our city. You've got a dream with me. Leo, how do we do it? It's so easy. Just to be obedient to what God tells you to do. But our faith, our faith level is not, it's not going to be fear. It's going to be obedience to God. Amen? It becomes much easier the, the larger we grow too. As we grow, it becomes much If you had 500 people, 500 people could give $2,000 each. That's a million dollars. It's not hard, is it? We don't have 500 people. But you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, if you had, just to help us see that when we all do it, it it's easy to lift that weight. It's easy to lift that. 100 people, $10,000. You might think, wow, it's a lot. For some, it's a lot. For others, it's not. And it's, you know, someone could give a million dollars and still doesn't scrape what they do. You might know people that are multimillionaires that want to give to good works. Tell them. My church is doing this. You want to give to them. 100%. But you've got to call it out of them. The same way I'm calling it out of you, you've got to have the faith to call it out of them. 
We had a family just gave their lives to the Lord, or the father did, just a year and a half, a week and a half ago. That's what it's about. It's why we do what we do. On, on drugs for 20 years. Messed up. But he was desperate for God and he gave his life to the Lord. And now the whole family can come into the kingdom. We want to see many more lives like that changed. Many more lives like that transformed. Amen. So Father, we, we thank you for this opportunity. What an honor to give towards your kingdom, towards your work, to, towards the gospel of the kingdom. To see lives transformed, lives changed, lives healed. People's bodies set free of sickness, diseases and demons coming out of people. Lord, we want to see the glory of God fill our our church, but our city and, and this nation. Father, use us in the small way that you can. We make ourselves available. We make this, this, all that we have, all the resources, all the people, all the giftings, all the anointing that's in us as a church family to help disciple this city, this nation, and the nations of the world. We thank you, Lord, that you would show us what you see over us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. So we're going, to, we're going to bring it to a close and just my encouragement to you is ask God. Before God, be reverential about it and say, Lord, what can I give? And let it be, let it be a faith thing. It will stretch your, your flesh. It will stretch you more likely. It will be a sacrifice in the natural but never a sacrifice because it's better to give than to receive. And what you sow, you will reap a harvest of what you sow. So you can give online. You can give, you know, transfer um, I'm sure you know how to do that um, but we will receive a, a prop, a, an offering end of June and, um, but you can give now and then you can give until the end of the year if you think I can't do it now I can do it later or you, know, you might say I'll do this amount every week whatever you can but make sure you write down um, well yeah H4H so Heart 4 House and then we know it's for the, the, the paying off the building and if you need a DGR tax receipt you need to ask us don't assume it'll come straight to you. Please ask us, okay? So be blessed. Thanks for being so patient and listening. And thank you for being able to pour my heart out. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.